Hello, Annie Trenders! Welcome back to the Anime Trending Podcast. It's I, James, sticking with the standard intro, even though I really wanted to do something else. And this is Nico, and this is the uh, last week of September, which means we are only a few days away from the wonderful month of Spooktober. Yeah, um, and according to Green Day, it's time to be woken up. Yeah, and also, yeah, because you gotta get the, the pumpkin spice latte all that that particular psls have been available already all month i know i mean it's just more like you're reminded in september i'm already on the board i've gotten like two or three Um, oh my god i call it like the psl psbs because that's why that's for all the psbs that we have to like calc um how many (laughs) how many people are going to get all the the amount of lattes per month and we're just gonna measure it up and figure out who has a problem and who doesn't i would i would love to maybe even just amongst our friend group see like n- not this month because you know it's already too late but like next year when september hits just ask everybody to keep track of how many they've gotten yeah just just to see a total at the end of the month i have a problem i'm already at like my third or fourth and i'm like <laughs> oh god it's so easy you know i mean you think it's easy i have there's a starbucks at both city campus and east campus like i i walk past it like several twice, times just a like day. The, the scent just kind of caresses your nose every every day as you're walking by. It's pretty funny though because I don't actually like pumpkin spice lattes that much, but just warm, fragrant smell. I know, right? It just like, makes me want to have a beverage. Like I don't, I don't know why I'm drinking these. Like I, I don't know if I like them, but I want it. You know, it's like. <laughs> um, anyways, the reason why I bring it up the spooky time is because next week or whenever we record uh i have been really waiting to talk about the spooky shows coming up so that's kind of like a good measurement of like things to watch while we're uh preparing for the spookening yeah my sister sent me a text the other day asking first question was what should i be for halloween and then second question is are you dressing up for halloween to which my answers were i don't know and probably not (laughs) <laughs> and so she expressed her disappointment that I would not be uh, dressing up for Halloween this year. Oh no. I might. It really depends. Uh, mm-hmm. I normally would be like, yeah, I'll just throw a cosplay together and people will be like, who on earth is this? But uh, all my cosplay are not with me right now. They're at my parents' place. I think, I don't remember, what happened to the head that I had of, because um, there was one time where I cosplayed Dion, but I left the Dion head because it was paper mache, like, in your apartment or something i think i think mr meeseeks and dion met tragic ends uh well they live on in my heart and also they're kind of impossible to see out of because i didn't really make good eye holes they're just they're just really horrifying pictures now that i think about that dion was great so it's like if if you ever saw me at fanime or anime expo that was that was me sometime in the last three or four years uh, Mr. Meeseeks, I, I only wore that one, like, once, because it was, like, a morph suit and, like, a scary head, and, oh my god, it was frightening, but, uh, yeah, I'm surprised I, st- I had friends in college, you know, like, just, it was just very <laughs> frightening, look, um, full spandex. We were friends, I was your friend in college. Yeah, like. I know, the warning sign was I was just in full spandex, full blue spandex for all these people for it, and, like, oh god, that was, that was so scary. That's fine. For one, I remember uh, for one of the cosplay Halloween competitions, I decided to go as a Bakio, and if he is, first of all, he's in much better shape than I am. 
But second of all, uh, his, I don't know, Araki draws his men smooth and hairless, which means I had to, like, shave a lot of me that doesn't normally get shaved on my chest because I don't have a lot of hair on my chest, but I have some. So I had to shave it all off. That one was great. That was like ultimate goth James version. It was, that was it, it was really great. great. I had like the dark purple lipstick and everything. Yeah. Anyway, so all I wanted to say was like next episode, I'm, I can't wait for the spooktober of the spooky shows that get me through the day because we've got so much things coming up in fall and I wanted a fun episode before we just get totally crushed by the onslaught of so many good shows like yeah off the no, list it's... i mean it's not just chainsaw man but it's like oh man so many things are just gonna be insane for uh, there's more spy season. family there's chainsaw man mob psycho um... 3 you have you have my hero academia sixth season for those people you got bleach you got to your eternity i love how you just you have blue lock yeah, for you know who you're not. Not those. I mean, I said that kind of negative connotation. That's not what I meant. Uh, there's Urusei Yatsura reboot. There's more Top Team Epic. There's more Golden Kamui, which I am so excited for Golden Kamui. Oh my god! It's always there's good. Do It Yourself. It's Eminence just, and Shadow. Uh, there's so many good ones. It's like there's a lot of good stuff. Like I, I'm freaking out like a little bit. There's so many good shows even like gundam which for mercury is also like oh, insanely yeah. Heard hyped. About that. yeah like, no I've, I've heard very good stuff about that i'm i'm laughing because um i'm thinking about gracie uh on the on the girl talk account was like i can't i'm watching 12 shows next season and i was like or you could do what nick and i do and simply not watch that many and now we're just going down the list of all the shows we want to watch i'm like this is really that's, that's up. different though because like i actually want to watch these things you know it's like sometimes the season you go through you're like oh maybe i'll watch this versus like oh no this is actually like something you're looking I'm gonna forward 100% to percent enjoy going into it which kind of goes into like like some of the stuff this season there's a couple that like really grabbed my attention at first but not not nearly as much as this where i'm like every day of the week something new is coming out and i get to watch it yeah, there's a lot of really good stuff for this next season. I have no idea what this top ten is going to look like. Um, the Chainsaw Man is going to be in there. Spy Family is going to be in there. Um, Mob Cycle will probably be in there. Yeah. I'm hoping Blue Lock and Eminence and Shadow show up. Uh, Do It Yourself's not going to show up, but I'm really sad that it's not because it's such a goofy little fun show. I mean, how did like Laidback Camp do historically? Because like, uh, Laidback Camp I think did pretty good, but I don't know if. Do it yourself. Oh my gosh. I hope those dogs didn't get picked up by the microphone. No, I didn't hear. Oh, sorry. You said Chainsaw Man. That's why I heard all the, the dog woof noises. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I have a funny little anecdote uh, that I'll get to in a second. But, I, uh, I did finally get through part one like yesterday. So I'm like, I'm I'm caught up ready to read part two whenever. So like, dude, dang. you got the, 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 the end of chapter like 70 something or though was just bang and then just that two-page spread yeah that was a yeah not, i remember reading that i had to like set down I my table and that go for was, a so walk you, you definitely did say i don't i really really don't want to spoil this part but like the point i was gonna say is you did say that that particular line haunted you as you saw it yeah and i was like i got to that because i was wondering like i wonder what panel 
really, really frightened James and just hurt his soul. And I just, I found the spot and I was like, oh, I think it's this panel because my soul is destroyed. <laughs> yeah. Like, look, you can see the exact frame where his soul died. Oh my gosh, what a good, what a good line. Oh man. Um, so good. So yeah, next week, anyway. next week I want to talk about horror before I'm just like nonstop, like here's a good show, here's a good show, here's a good show. Yeah. Um, and I also need to re-listen to the Girls Hockey podcast on psychological horror because... We don't double dip. Well, like there's some double dip, like if we share the same taste, but um, there's definitely a lot of overlap, I would say, between the psychological horror and like actual like spooky horror like there's kind of a difference in some cases yeah. but there's a lot of overlap where i'm like maybe i just really like the dark psychological shows that scare my my heart you know yeah i mean the nice thing though about talking about general horror is that we can get into more of the gory stuff which i plan on talking about yeah that's for that's so. for next month yeah i am looking forward though to like when november rolls around we can talk about the seasonal things but just as like a heads up i will not be watching spy family weekly because I watched that with my sister, binging it after I got back from the woods, and I'm going to wait until I go home to visit the family for Christmas so I can watch it with her. Well, that makes sense. I mean, time. you know what you're going to get out of it. It's like... Yeah, like, I, I read the manga, too. Like, I'm not... What spoiler could there be? Like, it's really just, like, the jokes are the spoilers. If someone, like, just repeats the exact joke verbatim, then you're like, oh, I, I guess. Yeah. It's fine, though. All right. Uh oh, the story. The story I wanted to talk about. It popped into my head. Um, so I follow some voice actresses on Twitter because I have brain rot, and uh, a lot of them are Review Starlight voice actresses because I have Review Starlight brain rot. And so anyway, yesterday I think a bunch of these um say you are doing like Twitter Space things at the end of the month. So yesterday I was listening to, I was just I woke up and I was on the bus ride to work and. I got the notification of like so and so is hosting a space, and so I joined the space, uh, which is really funny because the first thing I listen, I first thing I hear when I when I log in or when I join is them in English saying, "I think Review Starlight fans and Licorice Re- or not fans, it's I think Review Starlight Otaku and Licorice Recoil Otaku are the same, which is true." Uh, but I just it's the funniest thing to walk into. But anyways, um, my limited Japanese skills were able to pick up somebody was asking like if she was going to be watching particular shows and she's like chainsaw man i have not seen the commercial the cm the commercial for for uh chainsaw man but um tomori chan which is tomori kusunoki who is the voice of makima um and so, so she's like she's in it so i think i'll watch it for that and i think i just thought that was kind of funny um and also you know Tomori Kusunoki is also the character they say that I feel a little bad for because there are going to be irredeemably horny people following her on Twitter now because she happens to be the voice of of their uh, favorite <laughs> quick character. Up- upcoming, soon-to-be favorite character forever. Yeah. Anyway, that's just my way of mentioning Review Starlight today in today's episode. <laughs> I have a problem. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways, so... Let's go into the chart check before we break down. Essentially, the last two shows I think we haven't really covered this season, but it's kind of... Yeah. As the season kind of winds down, we have some last episodes coming out. Like, there's probably two that we wanted to highlight today. So, we're going to be talking about 
Call of the Night and the second season for Made to Miss. Um, but before that, let's jump right It's time for a chart check. I will be working on a drop for that at some point. I just got to come up with something ch- funny. Chart check. I am not doing the Chia Pet. No. Anyway. Now I kind of like the sound of that. We'll get into that later. In first place, much to Nick's dismay, Classroom of the Elite 2, up six places from last week, holy smokes. Alright, we gotta put in some bot detection, like more more bot detection for the, the polls. Yeah, I, that's not my job, I don't do the yeah, backend stuff. Gonna, that's, um, that's a backend problem, I'm gonna have to just like actually talk to someone about that. Anyway, uh, in second place is uh, Likoros Recoil, in third place is Call of the Night. In fourth place for the webpage is Summertime Rendering. Um, but also the alternate fourth place is Shadows House Season 2. Uh, in fifth place is Maiden Abyss, the golden city of the scorching sun. Sixth place is the Yakuza's Guide to Babysitting. Seventh place is Engage Kiss. Eighth place is a re-entry into the top ten. Uh, is it wrong to try to pick up girls in a dungeon four? Yeah, it's still it's still wrong. If you have to ask four times, it's probably yeah. it's probably not okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, in ninth place is Vermeil and Gold, and in tenth place is my stepmom's daughter is my ex. Okay. Well, well um, kind of sad. Licorice Recoil didn't get to number one on that spot uh, for the last episode. That kind of cared. It came out. I thought. It was well, cool. I don't remember exactly when polls close and when we when we output this chart. Yeah, oh, so this out. is September eighteenth from the yeah. release on there. So then the last episode airs September twenty fourth. So th- that's actually up to episode nine. So we have a chance for uh, maybe one there, more for the finale. Is there one more? Because like I'm trying no, to it's thir- check. It's thirteen episodes. No, I'm just thinking about like was there? Are we a week behind for? No, because we only have 10, 10 weeks total no matter what, right? Is that the how it works? Yeah, because we, we don't actually start the voting until uh, yeah, okay, uh, like so, week two or three yeah. because the release schedules are all different. So the only like last-ditch poll is like the the final... The like, end-of-season end one. End-of-season yeah. one is going to be Licorice Recoil's last... And every one of these shows, last chance to get to the um, their top ten. So... Um, yeah, so I, I don't know how I feel about the Classic Elite 2 getting spirit bombed like that, because I, I feel like it's like not actually a lot of people doing it, but I'm not 100% sure on it. Like, If you're a fan of this show, like actually at me at Nico the Deco, I'd love to debate you to for understand why like you like it. 10 hours straight, because I don't understand this show. I mean, not, not like I don't understand it, I just don't understand why there's so much appeal to it. Yeah. Um, but it's just, I'm, I'm too old, I guess. It's like, it's... <laughs> um, it's the it's the end result of getting older. Girl Talk, who just did an episode, uh, I haven't gotten a chance to listen oh, to it yet, but yeah, they did yeah. one on, like, high school versus, like, college slash working age anime, and I definitely, I definitely can tell from where I am now compared to, like, when I was a freshman in college and my senior year of, of high school as well. Um yeah, like which ones different resonate. different mm-hmm. shows appeal. Like, there's still like a core of basic genres that I enjoyed then and still enjoy now. But there's, there's like those fringe shows that you kind of like and still watch. I definitely do not watch very many um, high school shows unless the premise is really good. 
Like, there, there's got to be something really interesting attached to it. Otherwise, I'd rather watch a college comedy, a college drama, or a workplace comedy. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of more of, like, the college era, uh, college age stuff. Tommy Galaxy. Tommy Galaxy. Tommy Galaxy. Iconic. The sequel coming out eventually, so... Um, Grand Blue Dreaming. Grand Blue Dreaming is also amazing. And yeah. Yeah, it was... <laughs> oh... Yeah, or it's or um, it's uh, there's a couple good ones um, with like maybe not college, but like they might be high school age characters, but they're not doing high school stuff. Like speaking of which, actually, that's kind of the uh, the appeal of like Call of the Night is that I think they're actually like middle school, like third year middle school. I got to double check, um, but they don't like go to school or do school things. They're doing other stuff. That's why it's interesting, to me at least, because I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with school, he says, as he has to turn in his homework assignment tomorrow. <sighs> Postgraduate education was a mistake. <laughs> I love it here, sir. It's paradise. Where, where were we going with that? I wanted to transition smoothly into Call of the Night, and then I uh, derailed my own segue. Well, I mean, it's a good show to me. I mean, TLDR. It's a good show. Uh, any other thoughts that like kind of spring out? Because keep in mind, like Call of the Night, as a premise, it's about a boy named Co. He can't sleep. He ch- he he's a middle schooler. Surprisingly, like I thought he was a high yeah. schooler. Um, I also it took it it my my brain had to had to process for yeah. a second because it. Where he just decides, and I'll get into the reason I don't want to go to school no more. I don't relate, so he just stays awake all night and decides that'll that'll be my life uh, until he yeah. and then um, he finds a he meets a vampire uh, and decides he wants to become a vampire. Yeah, and that's and uh, nighttime things happen. I don't know. It's it's. It is, I, I, that's a terrible summary, but I also kind of don't want to summarize it too much because it is a combination, how do, it's hard for me to explain, honestly. It's hard to give I, like I a one. I feel like look. it's like a reverse Monogatari sort of vibe where it's a very isolated yeah. character drama where um, instead of the protagonist helping out every character he comes across, like all of the other characters are meant to kind of like give him his own like internal therapy in a way because he felt so he he goes he goes from like a character that's like incredibly detached from people not understanding like what it means to have a friend but not maybe not even understanding that like he actually does have friends he just didn't know how to like put that into words and so he's trying to like explore that that those complicated ideas just to find some fulfillment in his own in his life yeah, one of the one of the big things that keeps getting brought up that uh, Nazana the vampire um, brings up is like people sleep well when they're satisfied with their day, and if they can't fall asleep, it's because they're unsatisfied. And Cole gets the you know he goes from being extraordinarily unsatisfied with his day to day, which is why he stays up late and becomes you know kind of a night walker, um, and he becomes more satisfied by like these interactions with these people. It's, it's, you know, it's once you break it down like that, it's a pretty kind of standard person thinks they're all alone. They're kind of edgy. Uh, and turns out, no, they've got friends and the real treasure was the friendship we made along the way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you gotta like reach out and it's kind of got that, um, like, cause the thing is that, um, Nazano, the main 
I guess heroin um, is yeah. so chaotic enough that she's like, hey, you gotta live. And also she's vampire, so she wants to eat, eat his blood. Uh, yeah. So it's like, there's kind of moments where she just is like, I'm gonna show you how to live, and kind of flies him off around town multiple times, kind of like the magic carpet ride, sort of Aladdin <laughs> vibes. Yeah. Um, and then the... Uh, Fun fact, I, not fun fact, I guess the fun part about the show is just honestly, like, how much, like, characters seem to have, like, the control of the scene, and then it's, like, constant back and forth of, like, getting flustered and not actually being in control of, like, some of the vibes, you know? Oh, it's it's really good, yeah. The, um, the kind of gap between the how they want to be perceived and like they want to be mature like Cole wants to be a bunch of stuff but he's not and so you know and and so he'll he'll put up a front and and then when it you know Nazan has the kind of character that forces it all to kind of come crashing down but at the same time Nazana also puts up a particular front and this kind of is played for jokes mostly is like she really loves like dirty jokes sex jokes all that kind of stuff but is extraordinarily shy and flustered when it comes to actually talking about romance, um, which I think is really neat. It's a it, it provides her character depth, um, and it, it gives her a it gives her a place to grow as a character. Because one of the things that popped into my head as you were kind of describing her actions toward Ko uh, is. I, I one of I can't remember the last time I talked to Gracie about it, but the conversations of like the manic pixie dream girl kind of character where it's somebody shows up, does something to a character and then leaves having changed their life or whatever. Uh, and that character that does all the 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 influencing or whatever doesn't get explored at all. And that's not the case for Nazana, at least especially using my magic powers of foresight because I I. <laughs> I read the manga. <laughs> uh it's it's kind of it's kind of cool. I enjoy it. Also just the vibe of the entire show. Very good. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of like the vibe is like how I felt like with the Mangatari stuff where it's like there's only just the limited characters on screen. It's a very empty sort of city vibe for both shows. Mm-hmm. Um which again, I think it kind of forces you to like focus a lot on like the the back and forth dialogue is like where like the action is. Um, is that the case for like some of the later episodes? Because I know like some of the um... we there there's more. There's going to be a couple like good action sequences later. Um, I I admit I'm I'm raising my hand here a little guilty. I'm only like five episodes in, um, but. Use again using my magic paper precognition. Um, there's going to be a couple good action sequences if we haven't already gotten to them. Um, a couple good fights, stuff like that, vampire power stuff. But yeah, the the lack of kind of background characters or the very few background characters really does zoom in on our main, you know, on our on our main couple and then the people that interact with them. Which it's it's kind of interesting because when it's done in Monogatari, it's done for like stylistic reasons. And sometimes it feels a little weird that the entire city is totally empty. While here, it's because it's the dead of night. You know, people are asleep. Uh, there are just fewer people out. That's kind of the the long and short of it. Uh, and so that, that explanation means it's 
pretty easy to be like, yeah, this is why there's nobody out. It's because it's nighttime. But then it also means that it's pretty easy to just throw in a couple random, like, a random drunks, the recurring, like, three businessmen that are always drinking at night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty goofy guys. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a story that's captivating for its dialogue, I think, more than anything else. Um, yeah, for sure. I, I think a lot about some of the scenes in Odd Taxi, because it's also at night, and the scenes are two characters talking about stuff. Uh, and I think it's those kind of shows that are just beginning to appeal to me more, uh, which is why I'm enjoying Call of the Night. I've also found myself, like, awake way later than I usually am over the last couple of days. And I, I felt like in the last uh, couple of times when I've been watching the show, it kind of feels like the main theme of, resonates a lot with that. Like, like, why am I being a night owl, you know? Yeah. Just give me something to think That's about true. as I go. <clears throat> I'm, I've been the opposite. I've been going to bed earlier and earlier this week uh, because <laughs> staying up late to work. I, I've been like, yeah, I could stay up late to work on assignments or just give up and go to bed. I know. No, Turns it's out funny. when I give up and go to bed, I actually get like decent sleep and I'm waking up before my alarm now. Oh, wild. yeah. No, that's awesome. Especially when it's just like the answer just comes to you during your dreams. So you're like, actually, I didn't need to work on this at night it just came to me you know Mm -hmm. but it's like the greatest feeling when you're working on something yeah um but so one of the things oh no no, you you go i was gonna say about the side character stuff because it's like a lot of the focus is on obviously like nazana and cole as their lead but you have like a really large cast of side characters and like what what kind of dynamic do they bring to the um to the show overall like it, that's that's actually really neat is because you get because it's nazana and cole and you know vampire and human you get two different like groups it's kind of like oh my my acquaintances and your acquaintances and we get to meet both of them and so there's like a group of vampires that hang out with or that know nazana pretty well and then there's cole and uh, akira and then as well as the uh, the uh, detective um and have we gotten to yeah and mahiru so there's like there's humans that are kind of you know doing human stuff and trying to keep you know for example akira's big motivation at least when she's first introduced and still for a while is to get cole to come back to school um and so they're kind of pulling on the human side whereas the vampires just by being vampires and part of that interesting alluring other uh, are pulling cool more towards the uh, towards the vampire side of things, and you get different viewpoints from each of those groups because they live different lifestyles. Mm-hmm. And then on, yeah, I was gonna say you you like you like Anka, right? Is that the uh... I so the voice acting performances? I wanted to get to that because we're talking a lot about kind of story beats and character interactions, but part of why I like the show is, as I mentioned earlier vibes and that is done for me through soundtrack through the visual design and also through voice acting performances and i really like uh uncle's voice performance which is by miyuki sawashiro um i've i've kind of just been watching clips of it because friends have been sending each other stuff in a different discord server and i'm just watching it because she's a cool character but um Sawashiro's uh, performance is great combined with the animation and the extra detail in uh, Uncle's uh, movements 
it really it really comes across as that kind of unsettling feeling that that is supposed to come from this like suspicious person it's really good at making you feel uncomfortable but in in in, like all the correct ways um for this show uh so that's that's always a pleasure to listen to i just like listening to as well to um yumiri hanamori's performance uh as akira um it's tone of voice and kind of like flat level delivery uh has been has been really nice to listen to and it it suits the kind of low energy situations that a lot of these nighttime scenes take place in but she her her timing i want to say like comedic timing as far as being surprised uh is is also quite nice it's it's not too over the top but it's it you know it's just the right amount of of confusion and energy like is it because she kind of grounds because she's the childhood friend that is trying to get him to go to school go to school yeah um but like she also she's not necessarily night creature like staying up with him at during the skeleton hours it's just yeah she wakes up super early like at 4 a.m or whatever so like by that point she's already like woken up and like ready to you know start her day while ko is ending his so yeah it's like it's, it's like it's she kind of meets like, him in between yeah and there's sometimes where she does like the staying up late um but that's that you know those are those are less frequent um but i also just i just like the sound of her voice it's neat soundtrack great fantastic weird there's there's times when i kind of notice it it's like oh this is like this weird beep boop computer-y kind of stuff but it it works really well just being kind of minimalist because it is you know a city with very little in it so you kind of want to keep your background music and background noise also kind of reduced do you have any thoughts on the visuals in the show i realize i'm talking a lot i i love the colors overall i think the coloring is just something that um you can see a lot of work that went into it um it's really nice how it captures the nighttime vibe in like an idealized form Uh, and by that i mean like it's really celestial like there's a lot of usage of purples and blues and starry patterns like in the building designs too so it's like Mm -hmm. i don't know how to describe that on podcasts but the idea is like looking at it and it's like i'm staring into like a galaxy sort of vibe um yeah. And I think that that's kind of an interesting way that they were able to, like, bring the use of color uh, to an anime in order to, like, really highlight that, like, mysticism that they're going for with night. Um, yeah, the mysterious night. Yeah, it's like you're just like, I don't know what this contains, whether that's uh, supposed to give you, like, a little fear, a little intrigue. Um, it kind of gives both in that case. Um and it's it's really apparent like when you have that and as well as the um like the starry night scene of the very very first couple episodes where they're flying around and stuff uh, with all the lights yeah. too it's like a cross between like the the lights of the city combined with the darkness of the night kind of mix and like blend together at that point um so in some cases you're just not sure of like what the shapes of things are um that that was kind of like what the main thoughts going into it. I, I think it does that pretty consistently. Even like early on, like the very early thought was like, 
you know, things might look different at night. Would you ever ever walk down a spooky alley at night? Even though it's like, it's like something that like you'd walk by all the time during the day and not think about it. But because it's nighttime, it's like something feels different about the space. Yeah, absolutely. Um, That's kind of the feeling I get from the, uh, I guess from, from like, how they designed um i guess the background of the show for sure i i definitely think that i love how much they put the stars in which is kind of funny because if you're in the city the light pollution means you basically can't see any stars at all um but i i do enjoy seeing all that i love kind of and this is very much like a visual a visual stylistic choice how they kind of just throw a color on an entire scene so there's sometimes when like all the light sources seem to be like they're pink or blue or yellow. Um, there's there's a every, everything is kind of thrown into sharp relief and and I love the way that looks. It it makes for really really fun screenshots. Yeah, and it doesn't even like it's not like you would know um, like what is the light source for that um, that coloring. It's like it, it's very um, ambiguous whether it's like street lights or if it's like a combination of like the colors off of stoplights that blend or reflect off of surfaces. I mean, that, that, that's sort of like the, um, the ideas that I ended up getting with. Um, I'm not, I'm, I don't know. It, it, it again, kind of goes back to that, that mystery, uh, feeling. Yeah. But you can, you can even see the color choices in like the key art that I'm just looking at right now. And it's like, everything is lit purple what there there i can purple (laughs) (laughs) there is there is nowhere that like that much purple light is used there's no city where everything is purple so it's but you know it it makes everything look cool it it makes it it gives it that you know mysterious otherworldly flavor to it as opposed to if it was lit like regular white lights couple traffic lights or whatever it would look way less cool. How, how is it in the manga? Like, how does the the coloring or the shading? Because well, it's like in black, black, and, and, black white, and white. First of all, yeah, exactly. So, like, is the is there some sort of like texturing in the lights? It's the tones. Yeah, it's the screen tones that are used. So that's always the fun part about about anime is a lot of manga is just in black and white. So you get to see colorization happen to not just your like main characters, but also just your backgrounds and your general world. Also, I think it's funny because some characters just have hair color that does not translate well into black and white. It's like, oh, yeah, all these characters that have like their their screen tone for their hair is all black. And then you make the anime and like, oh, their hair is not black or brown. Why is it like blue? <laughs> yeah. And then also like in some of the cases where like the colors might change based off of the lighting. It's like there's no guarantee that they're going to have the same shade like throughout the whole show, too. It's just like. Yeah, it's like that other yeah. layer on top of it from the design. <laughs> yeah, but like overall, excellent show. Um, watch it if you haven't. I it feels weird saying this like at the end of the end of the season, but I'm hoping I'm hoping more gets made. To be perfectly honest. Yeah, that's the other question. So like, it's the thirteenth episode is out, and then it's gonna it's basically done for the season at this point. Um, but then it's like, the question is like, is it going to continue on as a show? 
or is it just like a one and done or is like the story just done at 13 episodes like like oh no no, no. the story keeps going for a while oh oh no okay that's that's fine yeah. at least we have more story available we're in a really cool arc right now we're in the like the the hoshimi kiku arc which is like long and overarching yeah, and that's somebody who I don't think is even. I don't think they actually just. I don't think they're going to show up in the, in this season at all. So, ta-da! Surprise. <laughs> um, no, it's really funny because I went onto the Call of the Night wiki real quick, and you can tell who it, who gets uh, who is in the anime and who's not based on like if you just look at the character page. Some of the characters get their like anime character designs that are all in full color, and then if they're not in the show. Then they just get a snippet of them in the manga, which is in black and white. So you can kind of tell who's who, <laughs> who gets the who gets the moving picture show treatment. So there is more, and I hope more gets animated because you know, action action and like shonen manga really benefit from animation because there's only so much motion you can imply through manga panels. But I also think that these kind of slower, more atmospheric stories benefit just as much, if not more, because of all of the extra pieces you need to develop that atmosphere and that feeling. It's more than just visuals. It is it is sound design. It is music. It is, you know, extra detail to the coloring and... You know, all this other stuff that is only really available in the animated format. Mm -hmm. And that's actually a big question, like, for... This is kind of, like, the side note as we... Before we move on to the next topic. But, like, Chainsaw Man has a really crazy art style in the manga. And, like, yes. that's the big question of, like, how is the animation going to look for it? And because the hard part is, like, some of it is, like, it's so... I, I would say it's kind of difficult to follow some of the action in the art style. Mm -hmm. um, that's not really like a bad thing just because it's like, it's so apparent in like the visuals of the tones of how it's all vibrating and just like, just very yeah. visceral gore that you're like, okay, this is, this is supposed to be something you got to stare at in order to have the whole chaos like absorb into your brain. Um, yeah. So like, I'm, I'm really curious on how they're, they're going to do this with, um, with the uh, upcoming season, like because the motion changes so much of like going from point A to point B or like it changes, like I guess the timing, like you flip the page and like explosion or like, like burst, you know, yeah. now you have to Bang. You go from zero to 100 in like one yeah. panel flip. So I don't know how you translate that into timing for like an animation. Do you show everything? Do you show bits? Is it just like blinking? You yeah. Where do you, where do you make your cuts? Where uh, do you, is it something that you spend like a hundred, like, like a hundred times more frames to like get the? Yeah, how many keyframes are you doing to devote? Yeah, to no, there's so many like technical aspects. I'm like really, really interested in diving into like once that's out. Yeah, and also I think one of the difficult things, and this is a thing that's unique to kind of action shows, is part of the benefit for manga is that you know the the reader's brain fills in the gaps. Well, now you have to satisfy the imaginary inter, you know, in-betweens that a million readers have. And so that's, I think, why so many action sequences can get critiqued by fans uh, is because it's like, this isn't what I imagined it would be. Yeah, that's that's hard. It's almost like no pleasing anyone in that point, because it's like some people are like, oh, if I so much as sniff 
CG in my anime. It's gonna jokes on you. CG is used in so much anime, and you can't even tell half the time. Yeah, there's, there's CG in shows that you wouldn't think about. Too. I don't know. Basically, to, every show. Yeah, bas- like probably every show is because of the fact that there's digital elements of some forms. Um, yeah. There's sometimes where it sticks out more, which is what people don't like, but most of the time it blends in pretty easily. Back if if you're if you're trying to seek out if you're if you're going to be one of those people and look for it, oh dear listener, um, I would recommend walk animations where uh, they are like transitional shots. So if you are a zoomed out and characters are walking to something or walking from something, uh, and you pay really close attention, there is a chance that you will you will catch the uh, the use of kind of a model that's composited well into the rest of the show. Mostly because when, when there's bad CG, that's where it sticks out to me. Yeah, yeah like, like a million people that look kind of look the same as a really basic walk. Yeah, well, even sometimes, like, main characters. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, good point. Anyway, um, sorry, that was definitely a tangent. Tangent, but, I mean, so, the next topic we want to just talk about, because we have Main Abyss Season 2 has been out, um, also done at this point. I don't want to spoil too much on the new season. I'm going to spoil probably up to maybe the halfway point if there's like enough things to talk about because I, I, I feel like it, it really hits the halfway point of like the tone makes sense for like what the show is trying to do. Um, and I don't know if I'm going to put content warning cause I don't want to talk too much. Con- yes. This is, if we're going to talk about, this is where made an abyss, like you get kind of a, it's really where you get a division in the fan base because the and i'm going to talk about season one really briefly but kind of the how do i put this uh yeah so yeah content warning for for content uh, warning but like hopefully i don't have to talk about that stuff but it's like it has been season one in particular has been out for a while so i'm not as concerned about it but if you don't like the if you don't like children getting hurt then you should probably yeah, because, like, especially, like, season one, I mean, the whole theme of the show is, like, the children have to go into the darkness due to their natural curiosity, so yes. they are getting into, like, the crazy bad situations. Like, season one ends with, like, the really horrifying, like, Rico getting uh, stabbed in the arm by the poison quill, and, like, there was the moments where you have to think, like, is Rick going to actually, like, cut her arm off? Um because of the survival situation. And so that that was like the darkest thing they did in the... Um, in the first season. In the first season. And then by the time you got to the movie, Dawn of the Deep Soul, which is the continuation between season one and season two, um, that was like... I That was peak darkness for the series at that point. But I also feel like it got way worse than anything i saw in that movie and that's just from me like revisiting it again and going through everything and i was like wow like it's i don't i don't like the idea of having to like quantify like the amount of darkness in each of the uh episodes or or parts of the which one was scarier which one was spookier because like in Dawn of the Deep Soul, like like children get turned into like Capri Suns, you know? It's like it's 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 just like a really, really nasty, visceral like feeling like from seeing that stuff. And like that was like the other moment where I felt like the author has some weird injections of their own personal taste that I don't wanna I I really, really don't want to talk about that part, but it's like Yeah. Well, the issue is that becomes more apparent in 
Golden City of the Scorching Sun. Like, oh, you absolutely. get more of that in season two. So if you did not enjoy, I think it was like episode eight of Maiden Abyss, if you didn't like that, uh, but you muscled through it and you're like, that's fine. It, you know, you got to have some of that tension in a in a show about cool exploring time. Uh, you are not going to enjoy the second season of Maiden Abyss because there are a lot more child-shaped things getting punished even way worse. It's not... It's, this is not a show for polite company. Yeah, it's like I just have to just watch it and not tell anyone that I've watched it because it's like there's there's some moments where I'm like that's weird and I don't know why that was a certain choice. Like there's so, there's some elements where it, it it goes so bad from like a like not necessarily like gore horror. It's more like the other like other nasty stuff that the show tries to do. Um, but it's like, it's like blink. Yeah. It's like blinking. You miss it moment. And I'm still struggling to like figure out why, what they add to the show, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing is sometimes it seems to be suffering for suffering's sake. Yeah. Where it's like, Oh, Rico wet herself. Like, Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. That happens so many times at that point that I was like, okay, this is a little, little too much of a indicative perhaps of, of like, something about a little too much for, like if, if the author gets arrested one day i will not be surprised i'll just surprised. i will just gonna move on with my oh, life be like, mean. sorry that's that's hella mean and if i ever like no i don't i don't want to talk to this person in real life I'm anyway sorry. um uh, but the point is that the story is so interesting from like the actual world building perspective i'm like wow this is a really refreshing really interesting story and it's kind of like the thing that like is really driving me to try to like complete the show and get to like the bottom of things from the big bottom literally of the, ha the ha pit ha ha ha. Um, and also the other thing is like the show goes into a really interesting direction for season two because you not only get Rico and Reg uh, going down into the darkness along with Nanachi into just now they're beyond essentially the point of no return, but it's also following the ancient predecessors from like 2000 years ago that are also going through like the same things that they went through without having any of the outside knowledge. It's like they get kind of like the firsthand view of like what's going on because they're, they're in search of the golden city. Whereas Rico, it's very conquistador vibes to be perfectly honest. Like even the way that they're, those carry, those explorers are designed. I'm just like, ah, yes. And golden city. It's like, all right. Yeah. They're look, it's Spanish conquistadors looking for El Dorado. Yeah, and even like then, it's like I mean they're looking for El Dorado, but they're also like kind of exiles at that point. Like it's it's a different like they're not getting support. They're just they were just like it's like a mix of like pilgrims trying to find something. They have nothing left in the world. Yeah, so they're on this quest. Um, and I I find that so interesting because you start seeing like how their exploits in the past end up shaping a lot of like the abyss itself that Rico and Reg and Nanachi are going through. Um, Cause like the very first arc for this season is like, you encounter a village of hollows, which are basically former humans that got transformed into monsters due to the curse of the abyss. Like similar to, I guess what happens with Nanachi, but Nanachi has essentially the power of love to keep her like sane and keep her well into it's her... it's that when she experienced the curse her part a lot of a lot of her curse got put onto midi yeah midi got messed her up double the oh. the dosage of it whereas nanachi got turned into a cute fluffy rabbit thing so it's like kind of 
<laughs> trade offer. Uh, it's so mad. It's so bad what happens to that. But um, yeah, so I was going to say, is like you get this village of people where, how would I describe it? It's like they're, they're basically monster people. They still have, they yeah. were former humans. They still have some sentience, but not a lot. As yeah, in, some like, fac- some mental faculties. Yeah, like, the, the closest mental faculty is, like, they all have, like, one or two main drives or things that they value a lot. And due to the nature of the village, there's a mysterious force that is just, like, uh, evenly determining, like, things' worths and, like, turning things into, like, literal coins to represent the value that they have. Um, yeah. without any explanation you're just like wow the the abyss is crazy here and this is a really weird um, village that's kind of just ruled by its own set of laws um, kind of like just a crazy force of nature that's just living there um, so how else would I describe this I mean it's like it, it's like you're in like kind of like the first semblance of like I guess society that they've reached but it's also full of like things that want to either use them in ways that like like for for their own purposes or um kind of like destroy them in some ways like i don't know how to like it's it's a hostile environment but not in like an openly hostile you know yeah it's, it's, it's a this situation is not friendly to our main characters but it's not like out of any intentional like maliciousness it's it's a clash in ideology and and living style Mm-hmm. and it's like it's kind of apparent like that it kind of is like a very autonomous sort of village just because like the first scene we see is like um uh one of the creatures ends up really squishing um their new friend minya which is a pet from acquired during the movie nearly kills the the fluffy rabbit flying thing uh that, that scene was pretty horrifying not gonna lie <laughs> yeah but it was like i mean we haven't even started talking about uh Fapita. yeah i was gonna say like yeah so it's just like you get that whole bit where the thing kind of squishes the thing like the bunny rabbit nearly gets squished to death and you're like oh no that's that's pretty bad and then the thing that like squished it just because it likes to squish soft things like that was his whole like singular drive but because I can get be- you know what i can get behind that yeah, I was like, I respect that. I mean, I, I just want to hug soft things. But it was like, because Menya is considered priceless to Rico, like, because the the I, it, the, the Kirby-like thing ended up squishing uh, Menya, like, the suffering that he has to do to, like, pay that back is, like, all yeah. automatic. And, like, oh, my God, that scene was so horrifying. But also kind of deserved it. But also, like, oh, geez, not like that, you know? It's an excellent introduction into the way that the world works. Yeah, it's it's very much like you're in a world of darkness and you have no idea how things are going to work. And you're even more vulnerable than, I guess, you you thought you were. You, know? you thought you were, yeah. Um, and then you get the introduction for Fapita, which is like standout for the season. One of the coolest characters I've ever seen. I mean, like, geez, what can I say? There's There was an interesting translated twitter thread that was like i think an interview or uh no the the say you that that voiced um that voiced fapita that was like holy smokes this role almost broke me yeah i mean there's a lot of 
I don't want to say like there's a lot of screaming. I mean, there is a lot of screaming. I mean, it's just like a, it's just a very. They had to do that in like one take, basically, just to preserve her voice. Yeah, exactly. That was like the whole like in the booth. You have one take to do a lot of these scenes, and like some of the later ones. I mean, the scream, the amount of like voice work with like the actual pure suffering you get because you, you get like a huge range of characters like throughout the whole season. Um, yeah, like his father starts out as poor child who was banished along with like these other conquistador people going down to the abyss um but she's not um she's not one of them and she doesn't speak their language so she's like in this completely different situation where she got banished from her own village doesn't know any of these people and then you get the 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 flash forward two thousand years later in current year where now she's like kind of in this hollowy form uh and there's a lot of like mystery of like what happened to this character, like all of these characters that we had followed um, going into the abyss, and are they still in the abyss in some form? Um, but I mean, just like from this character is just like actually just nonstop suffering for like two thousand years is what it felt to me. Yep, man, we sure picked some complicated and difficult to describe shows to talk about today. It's hard to talk about this one because it's like I mean, I I think that the whole flashback i mean it kind of just goes back into the parallels that i mean she she's basically just as innocent as like rico and reg were at the beginning i'm um, just there's just like a lot of like thrust into unknown situation outside of your choice whereas like rico wants to go into this because she wants to find her mom she wants to get to the bottom like there's definitely like a a drive forward whereas like she is more focused on the survival aspect um and then yeah. there's also the history of like what happened with Reg in the abyss before he came out that, um, yeah. That, what a mysterious man he is. Yeah. Like mysterious man from that past. Cause those are still like the big mysteries that the show is trying to get through. Um, and like, how describe, I mean, I, I just think personally from the voice acting perspective, I thought that that was like probably the best, performance this season and it's hard because chisato was so cool as like a character um voice tone is it is it like just the fact that she was just not the like the raw screaming was so visceral that i'm like wow that took some some performance or is it like the subtle tone changes that like chisato has that um like which one if i had to choose one which one would i give the performance to you know um that's hard yeah it's it's really hard Yeah, it's just, just just some wild stuff. It, it's it, it leaves you kind of emotionally drained when you're done watching it. Yeah, I mean that's yeah exactly. It's like I felt like, oh my gosh, like which I, is not the case with Call of the Night. Call of the Night's like, yeah, I'm having a good I'm time. I'm having a good time. I'm gonna go party in the streets. And then like this one, I'm like, uh, I don't know what. I, I need to lie down or cry or. I, I just thought it was funny, like hearing Kevin Pankin talk about. It, like in public where he's like wow this music's really fun to do but also the story is so soul crushing like so just his eyes yeah. like when he's saying that i'm like oh my gosh dude he is getting like yeah actually just destroyed from like, it's listening to the story yeah because i think if i remember correctly the war his work for season two is very similar for his work for season one where it's like he got the job and then went and read the source material <laughs> yeah <laughs> he had to go and be like Oh, I have to write a soundtrack for this. Oh no! <laughs> but I mean, soundtrack bangers always. Kevin Pankin, ten out of ten. Yeah, especially it's like it's almost like kind of spawned its own like I, I'm not gonna say it spawned its own meme, but like the the Kinema Citrus vibe of like 
being on top of the mountainside watching the sunset or sunrise and you hear like the soft celestial noises as someone like a distant singer soul soul vocalist um, yeah solo vocals i only know that this is a trope now just because that was like the same music style and tone from the uh star wars visions episode that kinema citrus did oh yeah 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 like same i was like oh i was like oh this is the made in abyss studio that makes sense because of just like <laughs> the the landscapes or something it was almost like they had like leftover like backgrounds they're like let's just let's just put draw some speeders and and put, the, put some speeders put in some the abyss on it like it's just like it takes a very like spiritual sort of energy um yeah <laughs> that's good stuff um yeah so while i can't I, I i want to recommend maiden abyss season two but i can't do it as wholeheartedly as i do call the night because i think you have to be a very specific viewer to watch the golden city of the scorching sun so if if you watched season one of maiden abyss and you watched the orb weaver uh or the orb uh piercer scenes and thought yeah that's fine then yeah watch maiden abyss season two uh if you watched season one and looked away or got really uncomfortable with those scenes uh don't watch season two yeah i was like it does not get better it is only getting darker because they've already passed the point of no return from like a theoretical in story spot so now there's no like there's no chance that you're going to get any more light of hope except for the very bottom so they have to just kind of keep struggling yeah. through it the only the only direction to go is down yep and if you watched the movie and you were like yes children in capri suns more please <laughs> boy howdy do we have a show for you <laughs> oh my goodness it's uh i don't know if you saw but um ann had released some of their like best show most disappointing show kind of runner-ups and it's really funny because made an abyss for like three different art uh, three different authors like each writing their own nominees made an abyss got best show of the season runner-up and also most disappointing <laughs> how does that make any sense like what do you mean like were you expecting it to be better or is it just disappointed at like... it was it was so i actually read the one that was like this is the show that i liked the least and they wrote it mostly because uh, they, they their expectations were not met, uh, and so that like they were really on board at the beginning of the show. But I think they wanted more Rico and Rig and the backstory stuff that focused more on the Conquistadors really took it, uh, really like disconnected them from the show. And then they were like, yeah, and there's probably a bunch of torture that probably didn't need to happen. That that's true. There's a couple things that like definitely felt unnecessary, you know, like a story perspective but it's like there's not a lot to like there's really not a lot to further discuss between rico and reg like really they're they're friends to the end in it forever and they're committed to the one goal together like their adventure ends yeah. when either of them die like that's their whole their whole existence is so bound together that it's like i don't know how much like you can actually explore it's just like the relations between the other characters and that's kind of like what like Nanachi is in there for that's kind of like what Fabita is there for. Um, like, there's not really anything that's like driving a wedge between them because they're all like still committed to their one goal. But like, the main question is like, how 
like what has to happen for this whole world to be so cruel like this is it is this born of something that's inherent like is it just like primeval energy that's created the abyss or is it just like the interference of humankind uh evil nature that's that's caused a lot of this um because that that that's kind of the other the big mystery is like what is the abyss how does it work why is it different is there um like is there an even more ancient civilization you know because it's like two thousand years ago uh they they the people two thousand years ago found the funny elevator that like no one knows how that one works you know um yeah no, it's it is very much that's part of the fun or fun. Uh, it's the mystery. That's why we keep going down is because we want to know. There was like one scene I, I liked from the earlier bits from the flashback when they're going down the elevator, the bone bone Drude's elevator thing, where yeah, like there's a couple cuts between like obviously different layers of the abyss that they've gone through, and there's like less clunky stories like the longer it goes. But I just was like. How do they get the lifestone? And they obviously don't show it, but obviously they had to go through a lot of stuff at that point. Like you kind of see their vibes just like change horribly. Like there's like yeah. the one character that um is now like in like the same form as Mitty that is holding their their white whistle. Yep. That's powering the elevator. I was like, oh man, they they went through a lot. Like because at that point it's scary because they just they just don't know what they're expecting even more than yeah um, rico with like all of her guides and has some general idea um of like things to try to do to survive or like what you expect from each layer's curse yeah yeah because they have no idea they have no idea what's ahead of them yeah and that's like oof i guess if we're gonna close this off like i guess there's a couple shows that i were like these are the best or these are the ones that were like most disappointing you know like i don't know if like i, I don't think i would put main abyss in in both i think I think it was really strong, um, more leaning towards uh, best. I, I felt like Licorice Recall was better just from how it made me feel, but from like a story perspective, I, I feel like Main Abyss Season 2 is stronger. Um, I don't want to go too much into like the depth of like, yeah, Licorice Recall is a lot fluffier, which which is fine. I mean, it's just, it's just you know, like guns and cafe shenanigans and it's a really it's cute girls mix. doing cute things and also guns yeah whereas like main abyss is like i wanted like serious story and it's it's a very serious show so yeah it's hard to it's hard to you know weigh them on the same metrics because they're so different yeah it's just like i would never recommend main abyss to like a normal like if my dad was like yo i need an anime which i'd be shocked but I'd just be like, no, I don't want to be into this. Like, I would, I would recommend like something horrifying, like Devil Man. Like, I'd be like, yeah, watch Devil Man Gravity. It's really cool. I bet you like that. Um, and that one is just as objectively violent as Bane Abyss. But I think it's just the nature of the different ex- expectations of like who gets hurt kind of changes the perspective. Yeah. perspective. It, it's it's something I think will come up next month as we get into Spooktober of like the different kinds of horror. Yeah, like different different kinds of horror and like what it affects and like how like is things that like cause me to respond, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, whew. even talking about it is leaving me kind of kind of like in a mood. So yeah, thanks so much for listening, everybody. Uh, we're I hope you're looking forward to next month. We're going to be taking the show in a slightly a different direction. We will still be doing chart checks because. Uh, we are we are slaves to the algorithm, and by algorithm I mean our own weekly content. But um, 
yeah, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Uh, if you have any ideas, if you have anything you want to comment, feel free to let us know on the podcast. It's at any trends or uh, at AT pod um, or any trends pod. And uh, you can find me at at Konochioda and Nick at Nico the Neko. Nico the Neko. That's two yeah. E's for the Nico. Um, yeah. And uh, check out our other episodes. Check out Girl Taku. Um, I think that's that covers just about everything. Yeah, you can find us wherever you get your podcast. So Apple Music, we're on Spotify, we're on Podbean, we're on um, all of those. I mean, you're listening to us now, so you found us. Yep, <laughs> you found us. Just keep keep tuning in for more. All right, everybody. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Goodbye.